Welcome, welcome, welcome into a Thursday edition of Caleb and Kenny in the Morning here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, with you on a Thursday. 46862 is the text line number. Again, 46862. Send us your thoughts our way on the text line. Coming up on the show, the Pacers open the season with a strong win. The Michigan scandal takes a weird turn. Matt Painter has another coach in his corner. Michael Pittman Jr. walks back his comments on wanting more targets. We'll get to that top of hour number two. Also in hour number two, uh, conference tournaments may not be for everyone in college basketball. Uh, We'll get to that. And finally, some common sense in college football realignment. Uh, That's all to come. Plus, um, this, I think, is a fear of mine, and it actually happened to a guy in New York City. Uh, he got locked in a vault, in a bank vault. You're claustrophobic? No, but like getting stuck in an elevator or a bank vault, you know, things like that. Like the, you see it in TV and movies. Like, okay, that doesn't actually happen to people. Well, it happened to this guy. We'll get right. to that uh, when we wrap up. Was he robbing the vault? No, 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 no. Okay. No, he was just trying to go through like a deposit box. Gotcha. And then got locked got in. Got locked in. Yeah. Okay. So we'll explain what happened there when we wrap it up about 8.50, 8.55, somewhere around then this morning. 46862, again, is how you reach us on the text line. Uh, you can also stream us, 1380thefan.com, on the free 1380thefan app or your smart speaker. Reach us on Twitter, Caleb Kinney 1380 is the show handle. My handle is Caleb Hatch, Justin's OPS. That is how you get in touch with us. Headlines this morning... And again, this one isn't a huge surprise because there was already a report out, but Dusty Baker, the Astros manager, retiring a 26-year career, obviously managed several teams, including what the, the Cubs, the Reds, the Giants, the Astros. Um, who am I forgetting on that list? It was, it was several teams, and I mean, it, it's crazy that he's been around as long as he, he has a seventh all-time in regular season victories, postseason though fourth all time. Uh, he was with the Nationals as okay. well. That's that was the team I was forgetting. Story career for Dusty Baker first as a player, then as a manager, retiring, stepping away at the age of seventy four. Love hate relationship with Cubs fans. Did some really good things for with the Reds, and then they got rid of him stupidly. And um, won a World Series, won a couple World Series. Uh, so just a, a really, really good career for Dusty Baker, who's now stepping away at the age of 74. Yeah, and finally got his title. I mean, I get it. It's the Astros, but yeah. he... Uh, I mean, he won one as a player, but yeah, as a manager. As a manager. Last it took year. a long time. And the thing is, like, he was always leading teams to postseason runs. So it just, it's kind of hard to believe that it took as long as it did for that to happen. Yeah. He just was a guy that continued to fall short and eventually got it done. And I think once he achieved that, he felt like I had achieved everything I wanted to. So uh, after the ouster of the Astros this year, Dusty Baker steps away. Meanwhile, in the NFL question marks about Brock Purdy and his availability to play on Sunday, he is in concussion protocol uncertain against the Bengals. Now, someone to be in protocol during the week and then uh, 
be able to be cleared for a Sunday. That technically did happen once this year, but that player did not play. It was for the Colts. I'm trying to remember who it was, but so it, it's very unlikely he will play on Sunday. Would be very shocked. Yeah, I think he's going to be out. So that means it's Sam Darnold time. Let's go. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Let's roll. So we'll see what Sam Darnold can do likely on Sunday. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, another trade as teams just begin selling off. And it is Frank Clark going back to Seattle as he was signed uh, by the Seahawks. The former Broncos pass rusher uh, will be there for the rest of the season. Uh, he was a three-time Pro Bowl selection uh, in his first four seasons in Seattle. And the Broncos, sounds like they are selling off. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a, a trade. It was, a, I mean, he got released by the Broncos a couple uh, earlier this month. And he's been brought now into um, to Kansas City to, um, or Seahawks, excuse me. So um, I got a team that's familiar with him, a two-time Super Bowl champion coming in. And Seahawks are looking for any help that they can to to really push them over the top in that division in the NFC. So we'll see if Frank Clark, the pass rusher, can have any impact. And continuing on, Miles Garrett, now a part owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is uh, interesting. Garrett purchased a minority stake. Always cool when players uh, become owners of, of teams. Also serve as an official Cavaliers brand ambassador. When you got a lot of money and don't know what to do with it, I guess you can yeah, buy own a stake team. in a professional franchise. It makes some more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good for him on that. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, continuing on, this in college football, Mel Tucker. And in that case, uh, Michigan State found that he did violate the sexual misconduct policy. Not that that's any surprise, but it basically confirmed you know, his firing and, and everything. So... Um, well, of course, Michigan State. Was yeah, right. Because that it was yes, they, they was, fired him. So of course they would. They yeah, would do this that. was a Michigan State investigation. Let's be let's be sure. So now, of course they were going to find it as proper cause. He's not yet filed a wrongful termination lawsuit against the university. Not yet. Not yet. That's the key thing. Uh, his lawyers have asked the university to retain records in anticipation of potential litigation. He had nearly eighty million dollars left on his contract. Fired with cause, so they don't owe him anything as of now. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that will all change. Yes. I mean, they're, I mean it's not going to be everything that he asked for, but he'll get he'll get some of that some of that contract. And in, in news that I welcome, and it, it's a relief because it was so confusing before, the NBA will return to East versus West as the format for the 2024 All-Star game that will be played at Gamebridge Fieldhouse down in Indianapolis. Was it just pick a team, pick teams? Well, you'd, you'd have like, so I think it was like LeBron and Giannis as captains, and yes, right. they pick teams. Yeah, whatever. Confusing. I, East versus West, it's fine with me. Yeah, that's fine. It just, it makes more sense. They tried to pick a team. Uh, you know what? I can't wait till, because you got to remember they have this in-season play-in, or like in-season oh, yeah. tournament. Counting down the days till that. Yeah. Um, hopefully that will be a one-year experiment as well. <laughs> hopefully saner heads prevail and speaking of the nba the pacers in action last night before we get in into what happened on the did you see bruce brown's game game day fit uh no i didn't uh he went with some i guess i would go with like mustard colored overalls 
Oh, really? And that's it. <laughs> oh. Like with shorts and cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Okay, then. Kind of like a gold, a, like a, 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 I guess they'd be more gold than mustard, but gold overalls, like shorts, cowboy yeah. boots, and a cowboy hat. No shirt underneath. That's it. Yeah, looking at it right now, it looks it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Looks Tyrus, like he's ready to go to a Texas Longhorns game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton said, Cowboy hat was cool, but naked under the overalls is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's really you, you not much you. more to say. You do you, Bruce Brown. But then had uh, 24 points, a career best six threes for the Pacers. So, hey, if, if it helps him play that way for the Pacers consistently, then wear all the overalls you want. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Brown led the Pacers last night, as you mentioned, career high six threes, 24 points. And the Pacers as a team made 20 threes, 20 of 43 from three. They they score 143 points, which is absurd. Um, this was just a outstanding offensive performance. Two points shy of the franchise record for any home game. Um, season opening scoring record in the win uh, for the Pacers. And again, they continue to do uh, really good things, uh, at least offensively, carrying over from, from last year. Uh, the 143 points, most by any team in a season opener since 1995th most all time. Tyrese Halliburton and Andrew Nemhard with double doubles. And the previous highest scoring season opener for the Indiana Pacers was 140 in 2017 against Brooklyn. So surpassed that. And the Wizards actually led at the end of the first quarter. And the Pacers then just went on an absolute tear to end the half and then continued it into the second half. So impressive performance. The Pacers back in action on Saturday at Cleveland. That'll be a tougher game. Here, here's the thing. It's fun, and it looked like a fun environment. Pacers got a, got a good win. They should be a fun team most of the season, at least offensively. The Wizards probably aren't going to be any good. I don't think that's really a surprise. So the Pacers took care of business. We know that the offense shouldn't be a problem moving forward. Defensively, though, that will be the question mark. Can they improve defensively? That's why you brought in a guy like Bruce Brown. That's why you brought in Obi Toppin. That's why you drafted Jarris Walker, right? You added a lot of pieces to improve defensively. And I would say jury's still out on that. I get it. It's been one game, but... It's, it's only been one game. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. That's nice last night. Good start. But it's one game. It's yeah, and I guess with this team, the way I look at it, their offense is going to have to win them a lot more games because I don't think you can count on their defense to to win when it matters. And so offensively, they're going to have to have performances like this, which means it will be fun to watch when it's working. When it's not, not can be fun to watch. Yeah, and at least through one game, it is fun to watch. For the Pacers. 46862. Again, your text line number 46862. Type in CK first in your questions, comments, rants, or manifestos. Oh. Which manifestos. Uh, we'll get to that coming up oh, on we have the a other manifesto? side. Uh well, not from a texter, but we we have You have ma- one? No. No, oh. in, in a story. Okay. Michigan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. The manifesto. Yeah, the manifesto. Not from a texture, but the manifesto. We'll get to the weird turns in the Michigan scandal on the other side. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. So the Michigan scandal continues. Like 
You notice how like little details get trickled out seemingly every day at yeah. this point? Uh, just little, little fascinating. Little it's by little. I'm not gonna say it's a conspiracy or anything, but based on what we learned, maybe it is. <laughs> conspiracy in in what way? So this took a, a weird turn. This is not even the most interesting part of, of everything. But Connor Stallions, the guy, you know, accused of the in-person scouting for Michigan, reportedly has a 600-page Google Doc manifesto that he's putting together for Michigan football. I mean, first of all, it seems weird. Yeah. Okay? Very weird. Like, this is a junior staffer that's putting this together. And, like, what, 600 pages? What is a 600 pages full of? It's kind of weird. Yeah. That... Very weird, but that's not even like the the weirdest part in all of this. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, The sign stealing operation was expected to go over $15,000 in costs this year, uh, sending scouts to over 40 games. Uh, A Michigan insider is reporting a booster with a grudge against Harbaugh is the one leaking info. (laughs) And that's where I think, huh, something about this is very fascinating. So Jim Stapleton. Also blackballed Harbaugh from getting a Minnesota Vikings interview. He happens to be on the Minnesota Vikings board. Hmm. He also happens to be on the NCAA infractions committee. Really? Yes. Also reportedly hates Jim and he's been accused. What Harbaugh do to this guy? I I don't know. He also has been accused of sabotaging Rich Rodriguez, AKA Rich Rod and his time in Michigan uh, over a decade ago. So, so this is a disgruntled fan that who's has, a Michigan alum. That's the weirdest part in all of this. Like, why would you tear down your own program? Because, because he you, doesn't like Jim Harbaugh. You hate Jim Harbaugh Apparently. that much. You're going to tear down your own program. I mean, the nerve of Jim Harbaugh is he's gotten this team to the college football play. I'm a guy that doesn't think they can win a national championship, but I think Jim Harbaugh has done a tremendous job with Michigan. So what did this, what's this guy's beef? I, I is don't he know. Lo- is he a Lloyd Carr lifer or something? Like yeah. what's this guy's problem? I, I don't know. This is, this is the thing that's really weird, but he denied sabotaging uh, Rich Rod during his time in Ann Arbor. Uh, also used his influence, again, Vikings minority owner, uh, prevented the team from interviewing Harbaugh. So there's just a lot of weird details that came out. And again, he perhaps is be- is the guy leaking all this info. Well, people were, were have been questioning, well, why is Michigan getting this attention and, and not anybody else? Well, now you know. Yes. You effectively have a whistleblower that's turning this stuff over to the NCAA. And even the Washington Post, which has been continuing to report on this stuff, um, it began when an outside investigative, investigative firm approached the NCAA with files and video from computer drives maintained by the university, which is probably from that dude. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, you, I, it's interesting because I think people fall on on various sides of this, and even when you hear from coaches in the NCAA, they fall on various sides of this. I know Michigan fans are oh they're just out to get us, and of course blah blah blah, whatever. Ohio State fans are throw the death penalty at them, and then everybody in between. And. It's um it's interesting with every passing day to get more and more information about this thing. But basically seeing which side of the coin people are on, because there's a group of people that want to try to convince everybody that this is the worst thing in the world. And you have another group of people that are trying to convince people that this is nothing. And people are just going after Michigan because they're finally good again. 
And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yes. Now, the, the part I don't understand and can't find the information is that why does this Jim Stapleton guy reportedly have a grudge against Harbaugh? Like, what, what, what did Harbaugh do I to mean, him, like you said? Who knows? I, I don't know if it... Who knows? But the fact is he does, and that's what's burning him at this point. But I sent you a screenshot yesterday or a link yep. or whatever farm. What was it? A Tennessee message board? Yes. With a guy that it sounded weird. Okay. You know, you know, somebody who knows somebody, it always starts like that. And basically expose this for what it was last while December, ago. right? Yeah, Last December. Was it? It was last year. And the thing is college football message boards are a weird place. And you can find numerous social media accounts that will screenshot posts that are outlandish and bizarre. I mean, if you if you if you want to be humored, uh, someone literally on the Texags board, which is uh, Texas A and M, yeah, their their site, one of the main sites for Aggie fans, and and as far as message message boards go, like was saying that the diets for the team right, right, changed. right. It was giving them more, too much gas, too much gas, and that's why they weren't. Yeah, they were farting too drives. much, too much in games. That's basically what it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can get some really weird stuff. That's like, come on, like on these message boards. But the fact that there are sites with this info previously, I think, adds more credence to everything that's going on. So this was the post, and it was December one of last year. And said, um, hey, uh, one of my little brother's friends is a scout for them. So you know, that starts off, okay, everybody, it's, it's, it's always somebody heard it from somebody, somebody. Anyway, Michigan paid for him to travel to the Tennessee Vanderbilt game to try to steal our signs. He's from Nashville originally, so he just went anyway, even after our loss, since it was Thanksgiving. He says, says he and the others are never allowed to talk to Harbaugh directly about it. Which fits. Like, if, if we're looking at complicit... Um, complicity for Jim Harbaugh. Hey, he knew what was going on. Okay. He knew what was going on or it's his job to know, but you could basically understand by, by Michigan telling this dude, Hey, don't, don't talk to Harbaugh about it. Cause it gives him plausible deniability. That's the key. Plausible deniability. So that's basically what was going on here, but fascinating to go back and, and see that, yeah, of all the, the gibberish and rubbish that you see on message boards, sometimes you have somebody actually speaking the truth. And back to Jim Stapleton, because more about him, he was campaigning for Ron English to be the head coach back when Harbaugh was fired. So it's, I mean, but it's got to go deeper than just, oh, my guy didn't get the job over someone else's guy, right? That's just, I, I'm not I don't know, people that. are crazy. But if so that is all be. that it is, um, that's, <laughs> that is certainly something. And he campaigned for English to get the job and also was a big Brady Hoke guy. Again, we talked about him having hand in, in Richrod's demise. It's oh, the, and there's this, that NCAA job. Uh-huh. I think the wildest detail is that he volunteered for the job. He said, I think this is a critical time in this industry, which is one reason I put my hand up to serve. Jim Stapleton, an attorney and former region at Eastern Michigan University. This group can really make a difference. That was in uh, a long-form article that Sports, Illustrate, uh, Sports Illustrated published this year. Um, the If most would run away from the job, why, why would he you know, want to come and be a part of it? 
other than to, you know, serve his agenda and his mission. Uh, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's happening here, but that is the perception based on the information we have. CK, he must have been mad that Harbaugh started having success after his pay cut. That means he's staying longer if he doesn't go to the NFL. I don't know. This is just, it's, it's bizarre. It's weird. It's all the things. Um, I understand that it's against the rules. Is it some here? Here's the thing is, is what it comes down to, to me is, did it give Michigan a considerable advantage over its opponents? And that is something that I, I don't think so. You can, you can do some, you, you can do all that stuff. You still have to execute on the field. And that's my thing. Yeah, so and, I know and, it's against the rules. I get it, but I'm not going to say Michigan is in this position because of stealing signs and scouting teams. Here's the thing. People will point to, well, Michigan was bad in 2020. First off, a lot of teams were bad in 2020. It didn't mean anything. And Indiana was good. The it was prior just, it year was... or the year after, as it turns out, for a lot of programs. And then ever since then, they've been on this absolute tear. Here's the thing. Harbaugh took a pay cut. They invested in assistance. They reworked the staff. They redid a lot. Like other coaches have had success after a bad season. I mean, you just go back to Brian Kelly, 2016, a disaster. Then after that, they had a ton of success the rest of, the, of his time at Notre Dame, winning what? 10 games every season after that. So, like that aspect of a coach revamping and figuring it out, yeah, completely believable. With, did this provide an advantage? Well, the sign stealing is legal, so other teams are are noted for doing it and being good at it. It's not it's not like right. Harbaugh and Michigan the only program. Dabo Sweeney and Clemson known for doing it. Brent Venables of Oklahoma known for doing it, and he used to be with Clemson for a long time on that staff. Um, those are just a few of the guys known for being good at sign stealing. It's it's a part of the game. Now the in person scouting, of course, is where the real outrage should be directed. Because it's against NCAA rules. But like you said, you still have to execute. Um, I'm not saying Michigan should get off with a slap on the wrist if all this stuff, all these allegations turn out to be true. But I think there is some some truth to the fact that Michigan just revamped how they do everything and that led to success. And typically on social media and you listen to people, and like I said, there's two... There's a dichotomy in it. Either you have the people that, that are saying Jim Harbaugh should be fired and, and all this stuff, and then you also have the people that say, oh, they're just going after Michigan because they're winning. Neither are correct. Okay? The 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 truth is somewhere in the middle, and it's a violation. You shouldn't do it. I get it. But there are worse things, I feel. Much worse things. Yes, much worse things. And I guess the thing is, look, you know the NCAA won't do anything in season about this anyway. So it'll come down to either internal discipline at Michigan or the Big Ten. And and that's what we will look to see. As, you, as you've said, you don't believe Michigan can win a national championship. You think these things will, will take care of themselves anyway. They usually are. Uh, CK, NCAA more focused on Michigan allegedly cheating than they are MSU assaulting a Michigan player during the game. Oh, it was, that, it was last year. That was last year. I mean, they, they, they handed they, out punishments. Yeah, they handed out punishments. So... <laughs> I don't know what you want the NCAA to do. NCAA doesn't get involved in everything. Yeah, that was a that's Big a, Ten a, punishment. That's a Big Ten or a program. Let alone yeah, the yeah. fact that there were you know criminal charges. And the NCAA. fact that that wasn't just Michigan State players in that. It went both ways. I think Michigan State was the aggressor. But yes. Let's be real. 
So all of this to say, this keeps getting weirder, and I'm sure we'll have more details leak out today about it because that's how this has seemingly gone since late last week. Every little bit. Now, somebody asking, too, why isn't the NCAA going after other teams? This is why. is because you have evidence presented to the NCAA about this. That's what we've been saying this morning. Likely from Jim Stapleton <laughs> because he's on the infractions committee. Effectively a whistleblower here. So, so I'm sure if a whistleblower came out and wanted to turn in USC or Nevada or Miami, they could. Here's the thing. Who is who is the, the person inside the Michigan program giving Stapleton, allegedly, of course, all, all this info? No, it's it's he's doing it. He's doing I mean, it he's, himself. He's, he's, well, no, no. I, I, he's he's answering to somebody. Yeah. I think the thing is he can't talk to Harbaugh about it because of plausible di- deniability. I, I don't like the... Here's what I don't like. I don't like when people are like, well, why aren't they investigating other people? The point of the matter is they're investigating Michigan and they broke the rules. They investigated Iowa and Iowa's estate for kids that were gambling. I don't like the, well, you know, the, everybody else is doing it. No, no, no. You're the one that got caught. Okay? So now you have to ask answer the repercussions now what the what should those repercussions be i don't think they should be nothing i don't think that they should be severe either but it just seems like this is uh unfortunately hijacked the college football space particularly this week i'm just happy once games start again on saturday and we can focus on actual on-field action uh text rolling in there's another incident this year in the michigan state michigan game look it up <coughs> Uh, yeah, 21 people, 21 fans ejected at Spartan Stadium. Or was it a player? Like it was an no, no, or... fans. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody watched Michigan, Michigan State, other than Michigan fans. What was it? Forty-two nothing. Forty-nine nothing. Forty-nine yeah. nothing. Yeah, I had a little, a little bit of it on, only because my wife's from Michigan. We we had it on, and then I was like, oh, this is ugly. <laughs> But, and then I watched something else. Yeah, but you know, typically this is deflect, deflect, deflect. Well, look at these other teams. Or what yeah, about this? Yeah. What about this? We're just focusing on on what's going on, what's been brought up, and what's been presented to the NCAA. It's not the NCAA going out and trying to find these things. It's somebody coming to them. It's it's like this. It's um you know if somebody brings somebody to the attention of hey this person is uh, goes to the police and says this person is trespassing and stealing stuff from a construction site or whatever. And they go and investigate it, and that person is like, well, other people are doing it, but you're the one that has been turned in. You're the one that's been caught. So it's not a defect. We, we can't deflect, deflect, deflect here. That's that's childish, in my opinion. Just just face up to the accusations and deal with them. Texts are saying that it was actually a player who lowered his helmet Drove it into the head of a Michigan player when he's on the ground. Okay, I did see that clip. I I now know what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, rivalry yeah. game football. I, Whatever. I don't know, like what? What do you? What do you, what, you, what do you want the NCAA to ban <laughs> do about him from that. football or something? Yeah, I don't know what you um, want to want people to do about it. He penalize him, sure. Uh, someone saying that Stapleton has uh, a a grudge against Harbaugh. Totally credible source. Here's the thing: if the information's true, it's still credible. Whether or not he has a grudge. Right. I, just, I mean, that's the I, thing. Like, like, it doesn't change the information. It just changes the your perception, depending on what side you're on. And that's the thing is about is, the information. It's, it's it's more text coming in to deflect, deflect, deflect. Just face the accusations, and like an adult, and the, 
Michigan has presented nothing to disprove anything whatsoever. They got caught. Okay? That is indisputable that they got caught doing this. And now the, the thing is, is how deep does it go and what the punishment is? But I don't agree with people saying Jim Harbaugh deserves to be fired. I don't agree with people that saying Michigan doesn't deserve to have any punishment or the people saying, well, what about this program or that program or what this person's doing with this person? Deflect, deflect, deflect. I don't just, just be, be, be a man and step up and say, yeah, we did it. And what's our punishment? What's our fine? Let's just pay it and move on. I think that's in the end where we come to. People are going to get fired. It's not going to be Jim Harbaugh. It's not going to be some sort of uh, clear the the athletics department out. And let's just move on and play football. Uh, Texter, reminder that Michigan uh, wins this year hold combined three top 25 votes <laughs> of all the teams they've beaten this year. Yeah, that's the thing. They still have their three toughest games, the three final games of the year. Well, Penn I, State, Maryland, Ohio State. Yeah, I don't know about Penn State, too, but after what we've seen. I, I understand. I, I even if Michigan makes the college football playoff, they still have to prove something for me. They lost to TCU last year, who then just got absolutely destroyed. Now, in, in, in Michigan's defense, at least this year, there's no team that is so far head and shoulders above the rest like Georgia was last year. In the, in the prior year, at that, some people wanting to put Michigan as that team. <laughs> no, if if yet. they had quality wins, I think I could go there. If they continue to, if they end the regular season as dominant as what they've started, then, then okay. Yes. I will say Michigan looks pretty good. But, and this is the big thing. I'm not allowing all this quote unquote scandal to derail the fact that Michigan is undefeated right now. And um, with four games left. Uh, one person find them and move on. Another CK Michigan just needs to face the allegations and move on. Sick of hearing about it. LOL. That's what I'm saying. Let's just move on. Let's just clear the air. Come out. Be honest. This is what we did. This is who was responsible. They're no longer with us. Blah, blah, blah. Find up. Move on. Like, seriously. That's why I can't wait till Saturday. Like, can we just play football, please? And then one final text. Then we'll move on because I think this this text is great. Uh, MSU Athletic Department is pretty much a federal prison. Michigan is a bunch of cheating scumbags. Shut the whole state down. (laughs) and with that and with that we move on coming up on the other side matt painter has someone rooting for him in his corner yes it is a coach you would expect based on what has happened in the tournament that's next caleb and kenny in the morning 1380 the fan and 100.9 fm caleb and kenny in the morning 1380 the fan 100.9 fm caleb hatch justin kenny and you with us on the text line four six 862 again 46862 is how you reach us is type in ck first in your questions comments rants some black sabbath did you know my son is going as ozzy osbourne for no. halloween no he was testing out he got a wig and everything so <laughs> they were trimming that yesterday to make sure it was at the uh proper length for ozzy he's got the sunglasses all that stuff so <laughs> So does he uh, yeah. trick or treat or? Yeah, he will go trick or treat. You know, he has a, a school dance costume party thing okay. on Friday too, so he'll wear it there. But uh, yeah, going as uh, as Ozzy. I, I don't think he's gonna bite the head off 
a bat or anything. I hope not. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. That is his costume, is Ozzy Osbourne. It was like his group of friends. Like somebody's going as like the front man for another band of some sort. Uh, I think somebody was going for like two like brothers were going as ACDC. So like, like they're all they're all, all into music it, apparently. Theme. Yeah. So I don't know. And then he was amazed that his tutor at school. Uh, knows who Eminem and Post Malone are. So he was talking about that. <laughs> I mean, which my son is like, he, he, he's not allowed to listen to either one. Like he listened to the clean versions, but it was like, his, his teacher is probably, I don't know, forties. So, but yeah, he was, he was well, seriously shocked wh- about that. Wh- why would that be? I mean, I Eminem's been around know. for over 20 well, years. I know he's shocked when, when he mentioned Eminem to my wife and I, and we knew who it was. Like, you know, they live in their own little bubble. <laughs> yeah. They think everybody else is idiots and they know everything. So, but yeah, he's going as uh, as Ozzy uh, tomorrow for a dance, and then next uh, next week for for trick or treat. That's fun. Uh, do you have your candy ready, or are you not doing? Candy? No, we're not doing candy because it's gonna be so cold. Mm-hmm. Like I said uh, earlier this week, not sitting outside, and every time the kids would come to the door, they'd knock, and the dog would go crazy, and the babies on the floor, and all that stuff. So, no candy, and. My wife would buy way too much. We'd give away one third of it and then it's in the house and I'm just eating it all and I don't need to do that. See, we have to buy a lot because we give it away. You guys are in a good area. Yes. Like right in a, in a neighborhood. We're, we're kind of between neighborhoods. Like you have to make a concerted effort to go down our street and there's not enough houses that can that give away candy to make it worth it. You know, it was like you'd look down and be like, oh, there's only two lights in that entire mm-hmm. block. We're not going down there. That's kind of where we're at. Not a lot of houses on the block, and then you have to walk maybe a good block and a half each way to get to other houses. So we're kind of like the lost blocks. So we don't we don't get a lot of kids anyway. That said, if I let my wife, she would buy like four bags of candy. <laughs> we have a huge stash, but I think it's like all fun size stuff. Now you said the weird thing last year was what like the most popular thing you guys gave away. We had bags of Cheez Its left over. Like That's right. I think. We had stocked up stuff from Costco like before our wedding, which I guess would have been, I don't know, 10 days earlier. So yeah, I still had a bunch um, of chill. So we still had that left over and Cheez-Its were very popular. Uh, I, I mean, Cheez-Its are underrated. We we're like, let's time. give these away. Ha ha. And then it's like every, every kid who was over a certain age wanted Cheez-Its. Like probably every kid Taking over the 10. Cheez-Its over the chocolate. Yes. Wow. Amazing. But uh, let us know your go-to. Uh, here's the question: What is your go-to Halloween candy to where you buy <laughs> too much, knowing that you'll have a lot left? So, is it Snickers? Is it Twix? Is it Sweet Tart? You let us know. Four six eight six two. You know what mine is, don't you? What yours is? Yeah. What you buy? That's why I have this this smirk on my face. Um, I I don't Reese's Pieces. No, no Mountain Almond Joy. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Who More for me. I loved it as a kid. I'm like, sweet. There's tons of mountains and almond joy left. They're yeah. some of my favorites. Oh, coconut. I just, nah, can't do it. <laughs> now, will you give mounds and almond joy? Don't be that. You'll get your house egged. Um, if you give away I, mounds and almond I, joy. I think we had some last year. I don't know if we have some this year. I didn't, I wasn't part of the candy buying process. Gotcha. Otherwise, I would have made sure there were some mm-hmm. so that I could have some for myself. But yeah, let us know your go-to candy for Halloween 46862. Uh, Purdue head coach Matt Painter has a fan 
pulling for him, and that fan happens to be Virginia head coach Tony Bennett. Uh, Bennett interviewed said, uh, while watching the game, uh, someone told him, hey, turn this game on, and Bennett said at the time, I just started for uh, pulling for Purdue, pulling for Matt, and someone asked him after the fact, don't you want company? And he said emphatically, no. <laughs> uh, he, he calls Painter one of the best coaches in college basketball, even sent an encouraging text to him after the loss. Didn't really said he didn't really remember exactly what he said. He said, I just felt like it was the right thing to do in the moment and, and just, you know, give him some encouragement after that and added that the, he, the Matt Painter even talked about what Bennett sent him saying the text talked about the difference between a good program and a good season. Basically saying Matt Painter has a good program, which is true. But again, we need to see him do it in March. Yes, we do. And you're looking at, I know this is what Purdue fans are are grasping. Well, it worked out for Virginia the year after, right? But uh, we'll see. We will see. Purdue can put it all together. Here's the thing. That was a very talented Virginia team. A couple of NBA players, right? And you had um, Kyle Guy. Uh, Ty Jerome was on that Ty team, Ty Jerome, right? yes, and um, DeAndre Hunter, all on that team. And DeAndre Hunter, the year before, when they he was kind of like a, a spot dude and then broke out in the season which Virginia won the national championship. Kind of similar to maybe a Trey Kaufman-Wren. Right. If Purdue can get that from him this year. So I see the similarities. I do. But we haven't played a single game yet this season. We'll see. I expect Purdue to dominate the Big Ten. After that, we will see. And I looked and um, I read this yesterday with The Athletic. Mm -hmm. I come out with their Big Ten preview, picking Indiana sixth in the Big Ten. High? Low? About where you'd put them? I mean, there's just so many question marks. I don't think you can put them much higher, but I I don't know if... Like, to me, they're a, a, a tournament team where they're you know, making as it like a 10 seat. Ooh. Like as of right now, that's where I would slot them in. Really? Yeah. You put them as a 10 seat, making the tournament as a 10. Man. With what, Kalel is, is, Ware and McKenzie and Baca. I mean, it, I mean, they're, they're not proven. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying the potential is there. Um, I would, I would think if you're not even, that would be your worst case scenario, but the worst case know. scenario to me is them missing the tournament. Right. Which I don't think you can with this roster as and I get it's inexperienced at key places, but like talent-wise, this is a tournament team. If this team doesn't make the tournament, you got problems. Okay, um, but when you look at the Big Ten, everybody's talking about Purdue, and Michigan State. IU fans want to think they're in that conversation for best of the rest, but I think Illinois is in there. Uh, Maryland, Maryland being yep. in there. I think Wisconsin will be a team that will be better than people think. I don't know that maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, they return a lot and. That helps, and you get what AJ Store, what is it? What was he at St. John's, mm-hmm. I think. And so you have a player coming in, and the Yalden kid that could be an impact dude. So yeah, I could see Wisconsin, but the uh, the athletic preview had had Purdue atop their predicted league finish, and Indiana sixth. But if Purdue wins the Big Ten, that's great and all. But what do you do in the tournament? And again, the the player making that jump. If it is TKR, as you mentioned, that that would definitely be another similarity. I just I still think the the big question mark for me is that Purdue 
doesn't have elite guard play. They have they have guards who had good freshman years, don't get me wrong, but you don't have NBA talent at the guard position. And unless you can see that from Miles Colvin this year, I'm just not sure I'm buying in to Purdue being able to win a title. Get to a Final Four? Yes, if they get a good draw, I think it's possible. But winning a title, you, you got to have some like at least one elite guard who's going to go on to the next level. And I guess that, to me, continues to be my question mark. Because it's not Braden Smith and it's not Fletcher Lawyer. Not yet, anyway. But if you are talking about NBA guys, yeah, it's neither one of them. Um, Mounds and Almond Joy, you savage. It's on the text <laughs> line. Also, CK, Reese's Cups, no other candy exists. Now, my question is with Reese's Cups. Is, are you talking just Reese's Cups? Do you start factoring in the, uh, like, nutrageous bars? Do you factor in Reese's Pieces? Do you factor in, like, the combination Reese's Cup, Reese's Pieces thingy? Or is it just the the OG Reese's Cups? I would say the OG. Now, I, also, I you do this thing. I do it, too. It's funny. You notice how, like, you say Reese's Pieces instead of, piece, like, Reese's Pieces? Right. Yeah, that's like a thing. I, I yes. don't know why. It's it's uh, someone. <laughs> yes, thank you. Almond Joy is the best candy bar, hands down. It right. I, I'm actually more of a more of a mounds guy. No, I did not text that in. Whatever. That's your number. <laughs> I can look and see it right now. That's, it's your number. That is not. My What's number. the difference between Almond Joy and Mounds? They have almonds. One of them has almonds. Yeah, Almond, Almond Joy, Joy has an almond, and then Mounds is just, just coconut regular. and chocolate. Man, I mean, you guys are living large. So when you when you have kids. And they go trick-or-treating, and if they bring home Almond Joy's mounds, like most people are like, these are disgusting. Like, you yeah. can just pick those out. Yes, yes. Except when I was a kid, I liked that. I wanted those. Oh, man. So when I got to a house that gave those out, I'm like, ooh, these are good. Oh, <laughs> they looked at you like, we were just trying to get rid of these things here. <laughs> Dump the whole bo- uh, bowl into your bag. But uh, yeah, let us know the go-to that you buy too much of on purpose, knowing that you'll have a lot left. Or you just sit there and eat it. While wow, people are coming in, and you have to dig around with all the all the wrappers in there to actually find the ones that are still in there. Uh, also, we all know Purdue goes twenty eight four, loses in the third round. It's tradition. Well, third round would be better than the first round, or the second, or the second round um, coming up uh, next March. Uh, Reese's keep Reese's cups are the kings. But here's uh, the problem: you buy those, there won't be any left because everyone wants that, right? For a reason, though. Yes. No, I think they are really good. I like Reese's a lot. But, like, there won't be leftovers unless you just have, like, no trick-or-treaters. Uh, also, not you guys or your listeners know what good candy is. Well, if you're talking about Almond Joy and Mounds, I'm not part of that that crew <laughs> whatsoever. But let us know. Um, some of the more underappreciated, like, uh, do, like um, Heath Bars, man. I'm big on Yeah, Heath those bars. are good. Well, and then to me, there's also a difference between like I put candy and chocolate in like separate categories. So like a candy bar, but it has chocolate. I would put in the chocolate category and then candy where you have like, you know, Skittles and like Smarties and that's okay. Starburst and, and things like that. The fruity. Yeah. Tasting. Someone yes. said you put the Reese's at the bottom of the bowl. Yeah. But again, the kid, it's orange. Like people will find <laughs> They'll it. They'll find it. They'll seek that out. Uh, so you get November 1st, candy buying day. Oh, I get that. Yes, I sure. love that. Everything's half price. Go get your candy. But I, man, I just I can't get over the coconut thing. Uh, this is this is true. So, uh, so someone texted in. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. 
Amajoy has nuts, mounds, don't, old commercial from the 60s. Oh, yeah, I I've, remember. Yeah, I've heard that ad. Dun, 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 Yep. So there you go. And That's I how you know it. the difference. Here's the thing, too, is when your candy looks as gross on the commercial as it actually is, because you can hide some imperfections with a commercial, you're supposed to look good. But for me, coconut, I'd see it as like, I don't, I don't care how much chocolate you pour on that coconut, it's still coconut. But Caleb is a psychotic and likes <laughs> coconut candy. Do you have like a favorite like non-chocolate candy? Like for me, it's, it's Swedish fish. Really? Swedish fish? Um, non-chocolate candy. Um, while I can't eat a lot of them um, because they're so bad. Like wild berry Skittles mm-hmm. are, are just amazing. I mean, the original are fine. Tropical or fine. Wild berry is where it's at, man. Uh, something I used to like, Jolly Ranchers. Like I, I had those as an adult. Yeah, they're just like too much now. Uh, I could feel my teeth rotting like immediately. <laughs> I had to like get some water immediately after finishing it because my teeth were hurting. It was so much sugar. I could not. Yeah, I just no. I can't. I can't do the, well, the worst things other than coconut is everybody remember when the when and and I don't even know if they still have them. They were like the um, the the black and orange wrapper, like oh yes. peanut butter chews. Yes, yes. And those were always the last thing in my bowl. Like it was March, <laughs> and my parents were like, we got to throw this away. And those were sitting like, do you want these? And I'm like, no. It was March. You got that long, Art. And in, in our oh, family, yeah, man. Uh, the rule was you had until Thanksgiving, and then <laughs> really, then it got thrown out. But that's a long wow. time. That's Not, like several weeks. I know, but the amount of candy we got, if 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 my parents were like, like you'd have chocolate overload if you were eating all of that within a month. I like would eat a, a lot of it that night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, no, it'd be because it'd be sitting up on like the cabinet or the hutch or whatever, and it would just sit there and you'd forget about it. And then randomly, oh, we're, you know, oh, with spring cleaning, we got to get the Halloween buckets down. <laughs> and when you'd get it down, it'd have those black and peanut yeah, or black terrible. and orange peanut. Oh, they were disgusting. The The... Orange wrapper, the brown wrapper, and black wrapper. Yeah, those were yeah, awful. Those were they were terrible. hard and flavorless and gross. Yeah, like you, you couldn't even like pop them in and start chewing them. Like you had to suck on them first. To, you know, it's just disgusting. Got to vote for lemon heads as the best non-chocolate. Okay. Category. Yeah. I like lemon heads. Yeah. Decent. They're good. They're good. Uh, CK better than getting a rock. Yes. Or several rocks like Charlie Brown. On Great <laughs> yeah, Pumpkin. That, that, that is true. Um. I mean, seriously, that kid got just crapped on, man. Charlie Brown. Like, seriously, these are, these are, these are adult. Like, I understand the kids being, picking on Charlie Brown, like, whatever. There's always one. But, like, the adults are giving him rocks. Like, who are these adults? They're like, look at this kid. I'm just going to give him a rock. It's like yeah. getting coal for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, but Charlie Brown didn't do anything to hurt anybody. Yet he's getting these rocks from random people at Halloween. Poor kid. <laughs> not as bad as the poor kids getting coconut candy if they don't like it everybody send it to Caleb Batch Federated yep. Media just drop by by the bucket full just dump it out front right off I Maples will, Road I will take care of it if you send it our way I will take care of it Ugh, coming up on the other side Michael Pittman Jr. walks back his comments on wanting more targets what he had to say that's next as we kick off hour number two Caleb and Kenny in the morning 1380 the fan and 100.9 FM Hour number two, Caleb and Kenny in the morning here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, thanks for being with us. Coming up this hour on the show, Michael Pittman Jr. walks back what he said after the game. How about that for a player um, getting some respect? Also, 
Conference tournaments in the future may not be for all. At least that's according to the ACC commissioner. Plus, finally, some common sense in college football realignment. And I think this is one of my, like, irrational fears. Obviously, Clowns is number one on the list. But this is also on the list. Uh, Getting locked in a vault. This is what happened to a New York City bank customer. They got locked in the vault. Hmm. We'll get to that before we wrap it up. 46862 is the text line number. Again, just type in CK first in your question, comment, rant. Uh, Send that our way. Also, you can text SURVEY to 46862. Fill out our short fan survey. If you fill it out, you'll be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. So if you're a fan of the fan, uh, take our short survey on our programming. Let us know your thoughts. And again, you'll be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. So we were talking about real quick about about Halloween candy before the break. And when you enter Federated Media right now, there is a big bowl of that used to be full of Halloween candy and they must have had an event we're giving it out. But there's like the two packs of Starburst Uh in there. What's the best and worst Starburst combo you can get? Well, the worst is double lemon. Correct. That's the universal answer is double yellow. Now, this is controversial because I could I could even go either way, but I'd say the best is actually one cherry, one strawberry and not am, two strawberries. I, I'm down with that. I could go red and pink, uh, red and orange or pink and orange would be mine. I get the double pink is like thought of as the the holy grail. Is it? But I, I would think I would want one red, one pink. To me, that is a good compliment. I am convinced that 72. 72- Two percent of the Starburst two packs are double lemon because <laughs> it just seems like that. That's what yes. I always get. But when I came in today, I grabbed one at a two pack and it was what was it? It was red and orange. So that was a solid pickup. But when I exit out, I'm afraid to pick one up because inevitably I'm going to get the double. Yellow. Anytime red or pink are involved, I feel like you've you've yeah, you've done well. You've done a good job. Even like a, a red yellow, you're like, OK, at least I got a yellow. Or a pink yellow. But if you can avoid yellow whatsoever, that's clutch. But the, the dreaded double yellow is out there. I do not like lemon candy very much. Like lemon desserts and things with like actual lemon, like I can get behind. You can do that. But lemon candy, not really a fan. Well, somebody my, said my dad loves the end of the last hour. Yeah, lemon, lemon heads are okay. Uh, my dad loves lemon like everything. And really? I've never liked it. Huh. But he hates, ho- he hates coconut, and I love coconut. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's why things are that way. Like, yeah, talk just, to, the the, 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 the exact opposite. Each other yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll see uh, if I pick one up if it's the double yellow. But that that's the worst. I know there are freaks out there that like the double yellow. Yeah, I think one of my brothers claimed to like the double. I thought he was just doing it to get Trying a reaction. Different. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But um. That just seems to be the majority of the two packs. You never get double pink or double red, it seems like. it's no. always If you get double, it's double yellow. But anyway, Michael Pittman Jr., I wonder what the, the his favorite yeah, that, Starburst that two-pack is. Great question. I, maybe someone will ask it this weekend. <laughs> Instead but, of you know questions about football and all that stuff, like we want to know <laughs> stuff about Starburst. Yes. So Michael Pittman Jr. did discuss football uh, yesterday. Now, you got to remember... After the Colts loss, he said, they just didn't target me. Maybe I'm not a big part of the offense. He had five targets, two catches, 83 yards, and, of course, that one long breakaway touchdown they had late in the game against the Browns. 
And remember, he's in a contract year. But then he came back yesterday, and here's what he had to say. Walking back his comments earlier, mad respect to what MPJ had to say here. I mean, um, I kind of wanted to come here and kind of clear that up. I mean, obviously, it was a very frustrating loss the way that it happened, and uh, I've never been a good loser. I'm actually a very poor sport. It's something that I've been working on, like, my whole life, Um, and it's just hard for me sometimes, and and, uh, when, like, you lose, sometimes you lose your composure, you, like, lose your head, and... um, and I think I, I uh, was a little dramatic like when I said that. Um, obviously, I am a big part of this offense. Like I lead the team in targets and, and um, stuff like that. So it, you know, like, like just like it was out of frustration, and um, and I just wanted to clear up that I love playing here, that I love Indy and um, everything that we do here. Um, and um, I'm excited for this uh, week coming up. And and yeah, I mean, I just wanted to clear that up. Props to him, like. You know, you own it. You own it. It's not, hey, you guys took my comments and and misconstrued them and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, hey, frustrated we lost the game. Said some things shouldn't have. I'm good. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Even admitting, hey, you know, I've always kind of been a poor sport. Something I'm trying to work on. You know, like I respect that he can come back, own it, and move on. Like that. That is not easy to do. And most people don't want to have to, you know, walk that walk that back and, and go over it again. So, also, I think it's good strategy on his part because he's in a contract year, and you right. got to do what you can to keep the team, the fans, the media, you know, on your side. I, I'd I'd be curious what he was thinking. And look, he said the right things publicly, but I'd be curious what he was thinking in his head as everything played out with the Jonathan Taylor situation, right? I'm sure there are lessons that can be learned from that. Probably on how to go about things and maybe how not to go about things. But I'm I'm fine with hey, I've I've always not a lot uh, not enjoyed in the first place professional athlete or athletes whatsoever college and pro immediately having to answer questions after games, both wins and losses. I don't like it where immediately after you come out of a uh, let's take the Colts for example a, a, a devastating loss and how it came about and then you're given maybe 10 minutes tops and then all of a sudden you have people asking you questions about the game it's just I don't like it it's it sets it sets the scene up for athletes to say the wrong things and then the media runs with it like if you had at least what a 30 minute cool down period that would probably be more at than least, enough yeah I, I would say so. I, I think so. So some of those locker rooms, man, they open really soon after the games. And, and of course, they come in and everybody's looking for a soundbite. They're asking difficult questions and all that stuff. And it, it's it's inevitably going to happen. So I, th- I think Michael Pittman admitted to he, he could be a bad sport. He could be a bad loser. And it's kind of what he was and said some things he shouldn't have. And he admitted up to it. Cop. Copped up to it, and and now we can move on. So I think that's the biggest thing here is this now should be a non-story going forward. And he didn't double down on what he had said. Because, look, like I don't think we're going to be critical of a player unless there's a reason to be critical. And right. I, I felt like there was an obvious reason to be critical with what he had said earlier. Now, after this, all right, like you said, 
we move forward. Now, another funny thing that he mentioned. So a celebration Sunday when he's holding up a you know a peace sign. This is kind of Tyreek Hill's celebration. Uh, said no, it was not directed at, at the Browns or it wasn't emulating Tyreek Hill. He said, "Yeah, I was telling uh, Coach Sykin to go for two. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Of course, of course, that's funny. Uh, but bad respect to him for doing that. We can all move forward and and wait until you know we get closer and closer and there's no contract extension and then we can see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well then we'll then we'll see what he has to say. For sure. Just kicking the can down the road a bit. Yeah, right. But uh, no, seriously, props to to Michael Pittman Jr. for owning it and moving past it. Going up on the other side, the ACC commissioner says conference tournaments actually aren't for everyone. At least that's his vision. That's next. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney. And you with us here on a Thursday. Thanks for being with us. Again, 46862 is how you reach us on the text line. You can also stream us, 1380thefan.com, on the free 1380thefan app or your smart speaker. If you miss anything in hour number one, you can always go back and catch up on the podcast. Uh, You can download it on your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts for free. Uh, Look for that by 11 o'clock, you know, each day after the show. So ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, who uh, was with Northwestern for a long time, one-time candidate for the Big Ten Commissioner opening, uh, but he said some interesting comments yesterday talking about conference tournaments in the future then with expansion you know, due to all this realignment. Now, here's what he said, and we'll, we'll get into it. This is the logistics of 18 teams going to one site. Uh, starting in 2025 beyond, saying it's unlikely. He said, I don't know that we would invite 18 teams to an ACC men's or women's basketball championship. I'm not sure we're going to do, we'll do what the membership wants. I don't feel like that's something that we should do. I told them that. I'm not speaking at a turn. I think you've got to earn your way to play in, I think, the most prestigious postseason basketball tournaments in the country. If you don't get to a certain threshold, then you just don't make it that year. So you're having a conference commissioner in one of the top basketball conferences, the ACC, with you know elite programs like Duke and North Carolina and so on. You've added Stanford and Cal and SMU in the future. But you have to earn your way in to your own conference tournament. Like, do you realize how stupid that sounds? You think so? Yeah. How are you supposed to handle, though, 18 teams in what? Four days? You could have five days. You could at least have like a play-in round. Like early on, ah, man, you're just adding a lot of games. Well, then don't add, don't add the teams if you can't make a conference tournament work. I'd say don't suck. I mean, you see, I don't know if it's the Summit League or the Horizon. Like there are other leagues you have to finish in the top eight or top ten to make the tournament. I don't have a problem with it. The ACC has always had every team make the make. Yeah, the, tournament. the major conferences have, but I think that's a byproduct of of growth. If you want to have 18 teams or however many teams in your conference, then maybe there you need to have a rule to where not everybody makes the league tournament. So, That's but, but as a conference, this would set you up where it, say you have a team that runs through and, and wins the conference tournament that was, you know, otherwise not going to qualify it. Well, then 
in a way, you're limiting the amount of teams that could make the NCAA tournament. But I, I think I think you'd be sensible with it. I, I think you're talking about the bad teams in your league, and there even if it's just what four teams, even two teams. Like if you're the bottom two of your league of an 18 team league, you're not making the tournament. You know, so it, it's I, I I really have no problem with it. I think it's a byproduct of growth of the conferences. And we know basketball is secondary to football when it comes to why the conferences are being expanded like this. Wouldn't be surprising. And that's 18 teams. Who knows if we get to a point where there's 24 teams in a conference. Then you're like, how, how long is the conference tournament going to be? An entire week? Week and a half? So I kind of get the concept, but I need to know more information about how that would look. I, I just I don't like where you're going to add these teams and then suddenly be like, oh, sorry, not everyone can make it anymore. And, and here's the thing that I can't, the reason why I can't get behind this. You know, conference commissioners are always saying, oh, it's about the student athletes. Well, in this case, it's absolutely <laughs> not. They added schools only because of football money. And then now you're going to water down your conference tournaments and, and not actually make it the same setup that it was before. Like, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't get behind this. In the Crossroads League tournament, there's a text to come in. So when you're talking about Indiana Wesleyan and St. Francis and all that, not everybody makes the tournament. And that is an automatic bid league. So you win the conference tournament, you go to the NIA tournament. So there is precedent out there, not with the major conferences. But my thing is, is don't be terrible. Don't be terrible. You have no chance to go to the postseason tournament anyway if you're 2-18 and 18 in your league. So you know what? Just stay home. I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I know you do though, but let's let's be real. Anybody that says stuffs for student athlete, it's not. I don't even listen to that stuff anymore because it's clearly not yeah, but, at the major college. But the fact level. that they're still willing to go out and say it is a joke. I guess that's yeah, my yeah, frustration. But, like I I don't believe them when they say that. It's about the money. We know that that college football realignment completely confirmed that. There's no other no other reasoning beyond the money. We all see what has happened the last couple of years with this. But I guess the problem I have is that. You're going to say that, and then you're going to say it's about the student-athletes, but then you're going to limit the student-athletes that are able to participate but here's the thing in too. the conference tournament. Well, what, I, I, I guess I don't really understand the difference between the, 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 the if you go professional playoffs and only a certain amount of people make like, it. But, but this is a conference tournament. This isn't the NCAA tournament, and that's where I guess I have a problem. You're in the conference you should be able to participate in your own conference tournament. I would say, and this is a texter that texts this too, it, it does make the regular season more important. But it's already there. important based on seeding. But in buys. Yeah, I guess, but I have no problem with it. Like if I look at, let's look at the 2022-23 Big Ten basketball standings. Let's take a look at this. And say, um, bah, bah, bah. Who was at the bottom of the Big Ten last year? Minnesota. Minnesota. Two and 17. They stunk. Why does Minnesota have to be a part of the Big Ten tournament? They're Because they're in the Big Ten. So what? They're bad. <laughs> where, is, where is the rule that says every team has to make your conference tournament? Show me a rule. It's is, not the rule. It's the fact that it's literally called a conference tournament. You're going to have a conference tournament, but oh, sorry, not everyone's actually that's invited. Ar- it's already a precedent in lesser, that t- is lesser so leagues. That's stupid. It's already a precedent in lesser leagues. It's already a precedent in non non-division one in other leagues. I have no problem with it. 
If you, I have no problem if you with can't it. figure out an 18 team conference tournament, I don't know, maybe don't invite other teams just for some football money. And, and it's mind not you, just football money. It's a lot of football. It's a lot of money. And, and, and here's the thing you added Stanford, Cal, and SMU. SMU, they're so desperate to be in a top conference. They're not getting media rights for like, what is it, like five, six years out of this? But they're still making more money than what they would yeah. have. Well, really. because they have the insane alumni base as far as money goes. Right. Uh, Stanford and Cal, same thing. And all those football programs are mediocre at best. And you just added uh, a stop in Dallas and a couple of uh, stops outside San Francisco on the West Coast to your league for football, which makes zero sense. Uh, I think the there will be short-term gains for some of these schools, but long-term and I'm talking long-term, not that long out, like four or five years. Short-term, I'm talking one to two years. Though Conferences will look at this and be like, this was stupid. Why did we do this? You know, Schools are losing money and shutting down smaller programs, and we'll start to see some change. I think we'll see a lot of change by 2030 because uh, a lot of these contracts are up 2030, and I think we'll see a lot of change either right before that, that year, or right after. Because this is just so stupid to me. I, I don't know really? why it bothers I, I don't, me. Yeah, you're, you're fired up about it. I, I don't have a problem. When you look at the Big Ten. Because it's called a conference tournament. Everyone in, in your conference it, it's not should be a, able to participate. But it's not. But you look at other leagues and other, it, it's not. And I think there's precedent there. And uh, uh, when you look at the Big Ten last year, when you look at Minnesota that was 2-17, and 17, Ohio State was 5-15, and 15, I have no problem. But Ohio, Okay, like, so with that example, if you're taking out the two worst teams. Minnesota was bad. They probably weren't going to win a game. But remember what Ohio State did in the Big Ten tournament? They won a couple games. I know they won a couple games, but they're not making the tournament. They're not they going to win it the They made it to the semifinals and had uh, Bryce Sensball not gotten hurt. I think you could have made a case they would have made it and to I the get championship. That. So that's a case against it. I get that. I understand it. But at the same time, I the, the, the problem is, and this is going to be a byproduct of, and it's still worth it for the money, is if you grow to stupid sizes for these leagues, you can't be having a huge conference tournament. You just can't. And that's going to have to be a uh, an off product of it. So whether you agree or not, that could be reality, particularly if these, these conferences get to 20, 22, 24 teams. I mean, you just can't do it. You, you have the bottom four play each other, and then the teams that win those games – Advance like you just I know but you have so many teams and then like you're then the tournament is after is going six six seven eight nine days and you're just kind of like this is stupid you can't have the kids playing four or five straight days all of them can't do that I mean the Big Ten already has a tournament that runs from what like a it goes Wednesday Wednesday night to Sunday afternoon like I get it but that's a couple teams that have to do that but you can't ask the majority of them well this would be asking four teams as opposed to two but what's the rest of the schedule look like if you have 24 teams? I don't know offhand. Oh, that's, that's a lot with of 24. Games. I'm talking with 18. Yeah. Like with 18, there seems to be a pretty easy solution. Instead of having, you know, two games, you double it to four at first day and it takes care of it. Right. But I think go anything more than that. I I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem. I do, I do agree with the, with the texter that said it does put more importance on the regular season or at least the bottom of that of the league uh for that in terms of making the conference tournament but i it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you which is fine because we're not talking about like i'm not talking ex- 
expanding the NCAA tournament, you know, like some coaches, which ironically, the ACC is the league that's been all the coaches and the commissioner himself have been all talking about, oh, we need NCAA tournament expansion. I'm just caught. Look, I'm calling a spade a spade. So you want to gut your conference tournament. You can't allow everyone to participate. But yet at the same time, you want 96 teams or 92 teams in the NCAA tournament. We've heard comments like that from Jim Phillips. We've heard comments like that from former Syracuse coach Jim Beheim. Uh, there was another ACC coach, I can't think of the name, uh, who also said that. So, I don't know. I'm just I'm calling it out because you can't have it both ways, Jim. You, you gotta you gotta pick pick one, one way or the other. I I will say it it, it would make the regular season more important if hey you're competing for the top twelve or sixteen spots to get into the conference tournament. I will say that because right now you could you could make the argument other than seeding. What's the point of the regular season then? In terms of if everybody's making the conference tournament. I mean, you could argue that. But I don't have a problem with it. But Caleb will go to bat for all-inclusive conference tournaments. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, 46862, the text line number 46862. Um, I think somebody brings up a great point, too, is mm-hmm. with these bigger with these bigger tournaments, is you cannot or shouldn't have a tournament in which your teams that are going to represent your conference in the NCAA tournament the week before are playing four, five, six games. And that that is a very good point. Because I do think, I don't know how big of an impact this has on the Big Ten not winning a national championship since 2020, but the Big Ten tournament is an absolute grind. And you got to say, if you even if you start Friday, you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you win... And then you could conceivably play as early as Thursday. And that's a lot. And not, not to mention if you're going somehow Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you want to expand that, and you could play as early as Thursday, or if you're in a play-in, you play Tuesday. So I do think that's a good point. The 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 big issue, so the ACC, it's not just Jim Phillips. It's it's several coaches of the they Back in 2018, they called to expand the NCAA tournament by four teams from 68 to 72. They wanted every team to make it, all 347 at the time, in, in 2020. They they proposed a plan for the 21 tournament that would, again, include all Division One teams. So I don't know what the ACC's obsession with expanding the NCAA tournament is when they can't even figure out a way to let everyone in their own conference tournament. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a double standard? I will agree with you on that in terms of, of it seems like you're pushing both ways. Someone texting in, come on, does everyone get a ribbon after the tourney? No, but this is the conference tournament. If you're in the conference, you should be allowed to participate. This is not the, the real postseason. We mock conference tournament championships all the time, and rightfully so, but if you're going to have them, you got to let all your schools participate. That That's my issue. That's where Caleb is. 46862, send us your text. I don't know why I'm, I'm so fired up. I did not expect you. I Maybe I just didn't expect you to... To be so on the other side of this. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to 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 go to battle about it, but I say I I don't mind it. Maybe I'm just used to looking at the the uh, crossroads league when I covered that, and not everybody. I just it was it's not as foreign to me. I guess so. That, that could be why. That that yeah. I'm just you know yeah. I, I understand it, but um, Caleb is firmly on the other side. It sucks. It's it sucks. <laughs> 
to uh, to quote our intro. Sucks. Uh, something that does not suck. That's next. Common sense. <laughs> Speaking of college sports, common sense and college football realignment. We'll get to that next. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 46862, the text line. Again, 46862. Caleb and Kenny in the morning. Thanks for being with us here on a Thursday. So we talked about conference tournaments and the changes due to football. Well, here's a change with football that I think is actually positive. We all talk about the negatives and how football has impacted other sports and college athletics. For once, this is not the case. Uh, Army joining the American, the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, coming up in 2024 as a football-only member. They'll replace SMU, who ironically went to the ACE, is going to the ACC. Uh, Army will replace SMU as the 14th member of the conference. The league says they aren't looking at expansion at this point. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure, I'll believe Heard that. I've heard <laughs> See that quote many times. But Army's been independent since 2014. The, the cool thing is they'll join Navy in the ACE, AAC. They'll be in the same conference. But here's the thing. Army-Navy game will remain a non-conference game uh, on its own standalone week. As it should. I'm totally okay with that. Yes. Uh, I love watching the Army-Navy game. I, I don't know why. It, I feel like it always produces exciting games. I would love, back in the day, you know, Army and Navy were, were national powers. I would love one of these years for some sort of playoff implications take place in that week. Because Ooh. we always, after Thanksgiving weekend, or actually Thanksgiving Saturday, Sunday's that day, right? But what if we had to wait an entire week? I, I, I've always had like a thought about that. I was like, I would love that to happen. Well, no, no, because you have conference championship well, true. games so you have conference, early December. But they're after the conference championship week. Yeah. So it would be mid-Dece- mid-December until you could do that. Here's the thing, though. We, uh, I know it's not Army and Navy, but we do have a team <laughs> that at least factors into things right now. That's Air Force. Yes. They're really good this year. Uh, they could be the best group of five team this year. Their Let's quarterback was supposed to be out for several weeks, and then magically he was healthy and played last week. And Air Force uh, won against Navy 17-6. to So they're, they're undefeated. They're 7-0 and undefeated in, in the Mountain West as well, and they could very much win that conference. If Colorado State coming up uh, on Saturday night, that should be an easy one. They still have Army. Uh, UNLV, surprisingly good this year. Mm. And then Boise State, surprisingly bad this year. So, I mean, if Air Force goes undefeated, which is plausible that that could happen, um, they could, could they factor into the playoff? Uh, not this year. But once it's a 12-team playoff. Yeah, they would. Yes. They absolutely would. Absolutely. So, but I do like to see... Um, the Black Knights. So they have been independent for a while, haven't they? 2014. Because yep. they were Conference USA. And just joining for football. And, and you would love to see it in other ways. So if you, let's say the Big Ten, for example, if you wanted to add the West Coast schools for football, whatever, but for everything else, you don't. I think it'd be a novel concept. Well, it's just, it's common sense, right? I mean... Well, that doesn't Stanford, prevail in Cal, and we SMU that. going to the ACC. Yeah, it makes sense for football, not that big of a deal, but for every other sport, it's a disaster. Like it is a financial 
disaster. Well, the other programs will be fine. Not even financial. Like as it's a disaster for athletes having yes. to go like that, that travel. It's just dumb. I mean, we we talked about this. How again for football, not a big deal. For every other sport, it's a huge deal with the travel, uh, the travel days, the long hours. It's it, for athletic departments the cost, the increased costs. For golf and tennis, and I hope that these TV and, deals are worth so much more money that you're making up all those costs. Oh, they and, don't care. I mean, yes, you're making up the cost, but if it's impacting the athlete, that's the last thing they care about. And then you would think it would impact recruiting in non-football sports, because wouldn't you want to play? You know, in the region where your family could actually go to your games. Well, <laughs> you know, they're going to sell. Oh, you know, you could travel the country and blah 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 yeah. and do all this stuff. So, but uh, it's, um, it's obviously for the money, but it's nice to see army at least approaching and saying, Hey, we're just doing, we're just doing football. It just makes too much sense. It does. And, and maybe we'll start to see more of that. And, and maybe even schools will shift to being football only members in the coming years. If this doesn't work out because the exit fees won't be as much if you're staying for football, right? How ironclad are these contracts? Because right. my my guess is a conference would be like, oh, you're staying for football? Cool, that's fine. That's all we care about anyway. We were just able to get you to, to go for every other sport because, well, you didn't think hard enough about it. <laughs> Could you see a day where Notre Dame is a member of one conference for football and another conference for everything else? Um, I think in that aspect, it would make sense to just be the member in the same right. conference. I just didn't know if, you know, if, if the big 10, if the ACC becomes a, if it non-relevant in, um, a few football. Years. Yeah. But it stays relevant for everything else. Could there be a scenario where Notre Dame is a member of the big 10 for football and the ACC for everything else? Maybe it just would make more sense to, in the Big Ten. I mean, the hockey program's already in the Big Ten, for example. Right. Because the ACC doesn't have hockey. Yeah. Um, and it would just make more sense from a travel perspective for Notre Dame to be in the Big Ten. Oh, I agree there. Definitely. I, I think everyone would... To me, I've been on board with that for several years. Uh, especially with how college football has changed in the last year plus. It just, to me, it feels inevitable. But they should also go in every sport, not just football to one and then stay in the AC. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. What you could do is the Big Ten could say, hey, ACC, we're going to take Notre Dame and we'll give you Rutgers. How about that? <laughs> Have fun with that. I I keep saying that there will come a time when schools will start getting kicked out of conferences for football. I'm still convinced that will happen. Maybe not in the short term. But in five to ten years, I'm still convinced that's on the table. I wouldn't be and people shocked. keep people, I think, kind of deny it. Like, oh, you know, you're they've been a long member, blah blah blah. Now, nah, whatever, cut the crap. There, <laughs> there are people at risk and of of being kicked out of their conferences over football too. Let's not kid ourselves. Four six eight six two. The text line four six eight six two. Talking about college football. Only two ranked matchups coming up this weekend, and they're at the same time. You have Duke and Louisville. At 3.30 on ESPN. Then you have Oregon and Utah at 3.30 on Fox. Uh, another uh, nationwide game for Indiana. 
<laughs> high noon on CBS at Penn State. Gosh. At least it's not the big noon game on Fox. But big don't worry, noon. Purdue will be playing at Michigan the following week. Is that big noon Saturday? Uh, no, that's NBC primetime. Oh, gosh. As the like Outside of Notre Dame, Ohio State, which I would put an asterisk against because technically it was a Notre Dame home game, but it was branded as a Big Ten you know, broadcast. Right. The NBC TV deal to me has been completely underwhelming. Like, it has been bad. It is. They not had Charlotte good. and Maryland in week two. You have Wisconsin and Ohio State in the primetime game. That's actually NBC at least a somewhat decent matchup. Everybody's going to be watching Colorado and US, UCLA, though. That's the ABC. Yes. Game. Yes, absolutely. Which people were upset about that game getting, you know, the, the ABC treatment. Really? Over another game. But I understand huh. the draw there for obvious reasons. Text coming in. Everything becomes more important slash intense when you have something to lose or gain. Talking about college football conferences. And probably you could apply that to the college basketball tournaments that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I guess, got you so I, fired up. I guess so. Uh, this doesn't have me fired up. It has me afraid. This is a, a story that is one of those fears in the back of your mind. Well, it happened to this guy in New York City. Locked in a bank vault. That's next. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Wrapping it up here on a Thursday, Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. So what happened to this bank customer in New York City, this is a a fear in the back of my mind. A customer was accessing his safety deposit box and ended up locked in a vault for more than 10 hours. Ooh. (laughs) Yikes. Uh... Firefighters were called, so the man was in the vault in the basement of the World Diamond Tower in New York City when employees who were unaware of his presence closed the door. The vault is owned by like a security company used by several businesses. Firefighters were called. They were able to communicate with the man via security cameras and a phone system and determined the vault was on a timer lock, couldn't be opened by employees. <laughs> Firefighters attempted to cut through a concrete wall to get into the vault, but stopped when they reached metal plating as they feared further efforts would put the man at risk of injury. So they had to wait for the timer. Man not in danger of running out of oxygen. Finally freed when the lock opened at 6.15 in the morning Wednesday. He was ex- examined by EMS at the scene before being sent home. Uh, several questions. Okay. One, did he pee his pants, pee in a corner? Like, I mean, obviously, that <laughs> I did had not to even happen. think about that. that that's I, like that's that, my number one question. Uh, two, did it, I hope he had food or water. I don't know. I don't probably, think, probably not. not. That sounds kind of rough. And then did he just stay up? Like, like, did you, did he doze off? Like <laughs> I would probably go to sleep or try to, I would try pass the time a little bit. I imagine he had his phone. I could, you know, keep him entertained for as long as the battery lasted, depending on how much it was. Well, charged. that's the other thing. Like I, I would think the battery would, would go out sometime overnight. That would just be Especially my luck. If you, and I don't know if, if you can't get signal in the vault, I don't know. But, um, That's true. There, there are so many negatives to this. It just sounds truly terrible. I'm not, because he became trapped at about eight forty-five Tuesday and wasn't free till six fifteen yesterday morning. I'm not naturally claustrophobic, but if you put me in a situation where I know I can't escape from, I'm sure of it. That would bother me. Um. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that dude gets uh, at least some uh, monetary. Uh, 
compensation for being stuck in a yeah, ball for two right? hours. I would, I would want something out of that. It sounds terrible. It's like, you know, in, in movies and TV shows where you get stuck in a vault or you get stuck in an elevator. That's one of your fears. That's one of your things? Yeah. Don't want to be stuck? No. Anywhere? I mean, the first couple hours would be nice, like peace and quiet, like nobody's what it, bothering my, you. Again, my luck, my phone would be dying. I'd have to pee. I'd be hungry or thirsty, not have access to food or water. True. Like it, nothing about it sounds fun. Oh, I'm peeing on the floor. I'm not even. Yeah, that's no, not. I, I, I would I'm too. Peeing. But then you'd have to be around that smell the whole time too. Yeah. I guess. No, thank you. You could always open your safety deposit box and pee in there, and then close it up. <laughs> always do that. Yeah, make sure you take everything out of it. <laughs> yeah, take it out, dude. <laughs> By the way, I just peed in my <laughs> safety deposit. <box. laughs> <laughs> the least you could do is let yeah. me pee yes. in the safety department. That's, that is true. For Justin Kitty, I'm Kayla Batch. Dan Patrick up next. The Herd with Colin Coward at noon. Indiana Sports Meet with Jim Coyle from 3 to 4. And the Sports Rush from 4 to 6 with Brett Rupp. All today here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.